Have you ever had a question and wanted to know clearly what the Bible has to say about it? Well, in this podcast, Bible Answers for Today's Christians, we will learn together what God's Word really says. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome uh, back tonight for another podcast. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, I think tonight's topic is uh, a, an important topic that needs to be talked about that isn't talked about, that's kind of shunned away from. And that's dealing with lust in a sex-driven world. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult and uncomfortable uh, topic to to talk about, and and we do we live in a world where it's constantly pushed, and it's getting pushed even in schools now in in, in ways that are yeah. um, just uh, completely uh, evil and unbiblical. And um, when I think about this topic, uh, I think about. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 2. The Bible says, And put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. That's good. We have appetites yeah. as men. We were created that way. Um, and, and, of course, we know the Bible is not telling us to commit suicide because we can't control our desires. Right. Uh, what the Bible is teaching here is that we need to understand that we have desires and we need to cut those desires off amen and it's not wrong to have an appetite it's a wrong to indulge in that appetite uh in a way god didn't mean us to to indulge in it and so uh, there's going to be a lot of things i'm sure talked about here tonight the control of our minds um David said that I'll set no wicked thing before mine eye. Uh, those kind of things mm. uh, that that we can look to to control our thought life, to control what we what we see and what we, what we reject. Uh, and if we can get the power to reject something that Satan has put before our eyes, I think we've gone a long way to cutting off uh, the desire to indulge in, in in the appetites that we've been created with. Um, but in, in an unbiblical, in a, in a way that, that he did not mean us uh, to fulfill those appetites. And what happens is we become desirous of the wrong things. Mm -hmm. We become desirous of uh, more. I, I think of so many men in the Bible that have fallen in this area. And I'm so thankful, number one, that... God was loving, God was Amen. gracious, God was long-suffering to a, a Solomon. Uh, he was gracious and long-suffering to a David. Uh, and there's so many times where we'll fall in any kind of sin that we need God's forgiveness. And um, But it boils down to this verse for me that is just a simple self-control. And uh, I've got some other things that, that uh, I would suggest, maybe they'll come up later, that, that can help us get control of this. Uh, but that's kind of just what I wanted to kick off with tonight is that, you know what, it's an appetite. And we better get out the knife and figure out a way to deal uh, with the appetite because uh, it's being presented. It's out there on the table. It's easily accessible, and, and it's easy to uh, let these 
uh, desires uh, take control of us. Uh, but let me tell you, if you're struggling with this, if, if you've been given to appetite, uh, you need to get out a knife and, and cut off uh, those desires uh, before it ruins uh, a lot of things about your testimony for God, about your service for God, family, and, uh, and, and all the way down the line. Yeah, it's, um, it's a challenge for everyone, especially men. Yes. Um, obviously, men are affected more by sight. Um, and what we see, if we allow it to control our mind, it will control right. us. Yep. And um, therein is, this, is where uh, sin occurs. But, you know, I think God has given us different levels of understanding on this. And by that, I mean that there is a preventative maintenance to it. You know, there is the, you know, why do we change the oil in the car? We mm -hmm. change the oil in the car so that the motor doesn't blow up. Right. In other words, um, there are steps that we can take before we ever get to the place where things are out of control in a, in a way of lust in our life. Uh, because lust, is, as Brother Bingham mentioned, um, as he mentioned, it can be very, uh, very controlling. It can be appetite fulfilling. And so um, I was just thinking here, I was just thinking here about the mind. And uh, I think the first preventative maintenance is is as a man especially, is having the ability to wisp these um, thoughts, the lustful thoughts, out of our mind. Um, the mind is the first step of preventative maintenance in, in keeping a heart and a life that's right with God. It has started with the mind, because if it never enters your mind... Or the thought enters your mind and you, you wish it out, you wisp it away, then it can never turn into an action. Yep. Because all actions come from your mind. That's right. And whatever and if if you're not thinking about something, then there's you're not gonna do it or uh, you're not gonna go there. So it it is the first step of God's preventative maintenance to protect our minds. So there's a couple verses on this. Mm -hmm. I think of Romans 7, verse 25. Right. And here the Apostle Paul says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind myself, um, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So we have to serve God with our mind. Yes. Amen. We have to serve God with the mind. The mind has to be uh, engaged in our service for the Lord. Amen. Our mind has to understand that it's got to prevent uh, any initial thoughts of lust from even entering. Mm -hmm. You know, the beginning thought, if it's wished out, if we push it away, if we declare no, then the action can never occur. Right. Um, yep. It can never be there. I also understand, too, that lust can hit us very hard. Lust can hit a yeah. person very strongly. Mm -hmm. There's no person exempt from that, especially us men. Right. And when it does, we have to have the ability and the desire 
to allow our mind to control our actions and what we do. Because right. with the mind, we serve the Lord. Amen. And that's scripture. And then the second verse, uh, Romans 8, verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Right. The flesh is there because the mind is there. Um, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And there is such a thing, scripture teaches, is the mind of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And in our God's given us a step of preventative maintenance, is keeping a strong mind, understanding the devil's going to tempt us with the thought. Right. The thought. And when when we are have this spiritual desire to say, Lord, nope, I'm not going to let the thought get into my mind. I'm going to push that thought away. I'm going to give that thought to God. Amen. God takes us there. That's that's the first step of preventative maintenance. Um, and um, I'll add some more here later on. So, Yeah, and uh, it's a, a topic that, uh, uh, as I told you all before, I'll tell you all to, this, to listeners, is um, it's a topic that uh, is more being pushed in our world today um, and is not being talked about. Um, you know, it is, it is a very, uh, it can be a private topic, you know, and marriages and all that you know of course it needs to be that way um but uh there's a problem in our world today is when they when a man walks through a store and everywhere he turns there's everywhere yeah right yeah. um and like brother bingham was saying you know you've got that appetite and there's nothing wrong with that appetite god puts that in you so that you know when you get married someday you have that love that relationship with your wife right you know so you don't your you and your wife don't die out you know and that's not the only thing, you know, the only appetite in a marriage. That's not sure. what it's all focusing on. But in a uh, lust in, in our world today is something that is more common. It's just less talked about. And uh, I think about um, David in the Bible, um, his sin against ba with Bathsheba. Um, in Second Samuel chapter 11 and verse 2, it says, And it came to pass in an evening tide, that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. So there's two things here I see about David when he committed the sin against Bathsheba, is that, number one, he was not in the right place. Right, right. David had put himself in a bad position. David mm -hmm. was supposed to be out fighting a battle. David was supposed to be out leading his army. He was supposed to be uh, doing the work of God, doing stuff. But he was lazy, and he wanted to stay back. And he did that. I don't know why, but he stayed back. And it's so true to us today is, is that we as men, and even ladies, this too, is don't put yourself in an idle spot where the devil can work on your mind. I heard this saying, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Right, yeah. When you sit stagnant, you sit still, and 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 uh, uh, a great preacher told us this once is that, you know, he said the devil's not going to attack you when you come to church. Mm. He said when you're out in public, you know, when you come to church and you're out with your friends, the devil's not going to attack you. He said he's going to attack you when you're alone and you're vulnerable. Yeah, right. That's when he's really going to hit hard, and that's what happened here to David. David had no one around him. He was alone and he was invulnerable. 
But David went out and he looked, and it wasn't the when he saw was the sin, but was at the end of that verse, it says, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. So David saw that wasn't the sin, but when he dwelled on it and he kept looking upon yeah. it, mm-hmm. that was where it got David. And then his lust, he did not put that in subjection, which was what Pastor was talking about, is that his lust went even further than that, and he committed murder against Bathsheba's husband. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he committed adultery with this woman. Right. And his lust just got the best of him. We have got to put, especially us as men, have got to put a guard on on our eyes and a guard on everything that we watch and see. I mean... It's everywhere, mm-hmm. and and I, I'm not saying that you know having a cell phone's wrong or having TV is wrong or any of those things. But if some one of those things is 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 putting that in front of your eyeballs, you need to throw that in the trash. Right. I'll just say that straight Amen. up. You That's just right. you get rid of it. Get a get get a, a flip phone if you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, get get something that'll help you. It's not worth your marriage. It's not worth your testimony. Right. It's yeah. not worth those things. <clears throat> And um, luckily, you know, David repented of his sin after this story, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. found a man after God's own heart, you know, but, but don't, number one, don't, don't leave yourself time for the devil to work on your mind. Right. Don't you, us as men stay busy. Mm -hmm. You know, you, most of us work jobs, keep working that job. You know, if uh, you got some alone time or something, maybe you've got a, Give someone else your cell phone. I don't. I don't know what it is, you know. But don't, you know. Try to find stuff to do because once you get in that moment where you're alone and you're vulnerable, mm-hmm. then that's when the devil's going to attack you. Right. See, we got to put on that whole armor, of God. And when we turn our back against him, there's no armor on our back. That's when the devil starts shooting arrows. Mm. So we've got to face this problem. But he was in the wrong place. And then secondly, was that he 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 looked upon. He kept looking. Now, I know as us as men, we go in the store and, you know, we see uh, a half-naked woman on the shelf. You know, we're just walking and then we look at it. Well, you know, and then we look away. Well, that's not the sin. The sin is if you dwell on that. Yeah. And you look at that and it starts to go in your mind. That's what that's talking about is that lust of that flesh is to desire that. And that's not a, that's not a wrong thing to desire like Brother uh, Bingham was stating earlier. But it is a wrong thing to dwell on that and to think about that, especially if she's not your wife right you know that's what god ordained marriage for is for you mm-hmm. and your wife and that's getting more and more prevalent in our day and age as life goes on as is you know women wearing whatever they want men looking at them and people being okay with it when it's not your place to do that and right. i know i'm kind of hitting right. the topic pretty hard right now you know to <laughs> a lot of people, i feel like i'm preaching right now but <laughs> preach <laughs> <laughs> but um i i just feel like you know it's it's so prevalent in our world nowadays that people just think it's okay you know a lot of people think oh yeah she's you know dressed half naked who, who cares well you don't know what he's thinking you don't know what the, that guy's thinking about her either you don't know what they do when they go home and think about that that woman or what she was wearing, you know, we have that desire to do that, but we've got to put that in subjection. We've got to put that flesh, that that lust of our flesh, under uh, under under subjection, so that we can overcome that sin. And 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 we as men especially deal with that tremendously a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and and I'm not saying women don't deal with that. I'm not saying that at all. It, it's actually uh, 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 there's a study found out that nowadays women are almost addicted to pornography as much as men are now, which is wow. crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll have to get the statistics on that later, but I, I heard that from one of my teachers. Yeah. And that is just insane, you know, is that a lo- it, it's just prevalent in our, in our right. day nowadays. We've got to deal with it. It's something we've got to talk about. We've got to deal with it, and we've got to put it under subjection. Mm-hmm. So. so passage of Scripture that I really like it kind of deals with this. Um. It says, uh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit. We're talking about a battle. Right. The flesh versus the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Mm -hmm. Satan is looking for a way to stop you. Yes. And this is one of his powerful ways to stop you. Mm -hmm. If he can get you in the flesh to fight the spirit. And this is one of those yeah. ways. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, discoviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God Amen. hates people that are involved in these things. Top of the list, adultery and fornication. Yes. Jesus Christ even said that he, he, he took a commandment further. Thou shalt not commit adultery, one of right. the Ten Commandments. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman and to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. He took it beyond the physical action into the mind. Mm-hmm. God is going to judge. When you stand before God, God's going to judge you according to what you thought. Amen. But God also gave us a solution in this passage, and we'll go a little bit for uh, a few verses before. This is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So as a guy, if we're walking in the flesh, our mind will go in places we don't need it to. But if we're walking in the spirit, what are we going to do? Instead of looking at a woman in a bad way, we'll look at a woman and say, because of her sin, she's doing that. She needs a savior or she needs to get her relation right, her relationship right Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. And so going further in this passage of scripture, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, Mm -hmm. joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. There is no law and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Mm -hmm. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So God, uh, he's told us that that it's a fight. And the one you feed is the one that's going to grow. So it's our decision whether we feed the Spirit or whether we feed the flesh. 
Yeah. For me, one of the greatest tools that, that I've used in my life to try to just help me uh, battle this, because, uh, you know, many, many long deployments away from my wife, and uh, military is not a, not a clean environment either, uh, um, is, is scripture memory. And uh, yeah. you, you can find all kinds of scripture that will motivate you to control your thought life and to do right in that thing. And, uh, That's right. and the Bible does say to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And uh, God blesses that. He, he gives us verses that tell us that we, we have a way of escape. There's, we can always change our, the direction of our eyes. We can always change the uh, direction of our thoughts. Um, we can always uh, give God this, uh, uh, this temptation of lust. Where, uh, what, what is that? It is a selfish desire. It's right. not a God-given thing. Right. It's not something that, that uh, we, we cannot blame uh, lust on God. Amen. Uh, right. He did give us appetites. He did make us men. Uh, but he did not, uh, he, he doesn't tempt us. It's not God's fault. Yeah. Uh, and so we can lean on those things. One of the verses I'd, I've used, and, you know, I've got various ways that, that I use to, to try to protect me from things, uh, from temptations, and, and, and keep me away from uh, uh, those kind of things that, that would be available, uh, is that uh, in Jeremiah, uh, the Bible talks about uh, your iniquities, have kept these things from you. Your sins have withholden good things from you. The devil will make you think you're getting away with something. He'll make you think you're getting all this pleasure for free and that it's not going to cost you a thing. Let me tell you, God sees everything. Yeah. And the Bible says that our sins can withhold good things from us. And, uh, right. you know, so... And, and, and don't fall into the trap that I stayed in for a while where just verse memorization is the silver bullet to do it. No, 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 no. The Bible says that we have to meditate on those verses. We have to keep them alive in our hearts and in our minds. And I just want to caution, too, uh, we're, we're growing up. Speaking about appetites, as I did earlier, uh, you know, the Song of Solomon uh, she says, don't awake my love. Don't, don't awake that within me until it's the right time. We live in a day and age now where there's so much available where we don't even know what our kids see. Mm -hmm. And we can control it as much as we can, but there's just, it's everywhere, right? Yep. And the problem is this is being uh, awakened in our young people so early on in life, it's no wonder. Uh, we have uh, uh, more and more uh, succumbing uh, to uh, physical acts before marriage, and mm -hmm. and just and and then when they when they can't do that or don't do that, they're they're falling into these um, addictions. And can I tell you, there's a lot of addictions in this world, but this right. can be one that is so so powerful and has seeped its way into the church. It's seeped its way into Christians, and they, we think we can keep it a secret. We think it won't affect our service for God. It's, it's rampant. And um, 
What comes, uh, what it comes down to is uh, another verse right after the one I read earlier, is that once we allow that desire to come up, is we need to remember that it's deceitful. Mm-hmm. It's a deceitful thing. It's not, it's not going to accomplish what you think right. it's going to accomplish. Right. This uh, uh, little bit of pleasure is not going to, uh, it, it's very deceitful and it's destructive in its deceitfulness. Um, yeah. Good. You know, and go along with that, I think, you know, God gave, uh, this sounds strange maybe to some, but God gave us sexual desires. Mm-hmm. And and um, he gave us a plan to fulfill them in a proper way. Right in a godly mm-hmm. way, and it's called marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. And God said, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. Right. Um, and so plainly put, God has created marriage to be the satisfaction of the sexual desire, both in man and women. Mm-hmm. But there's enemies to that. There is. And I'll give you a few of them in, in just a idea of how to combat it but first one is premarital sex when you're having sex before marriage what you're doing is creating a false mentality of once you finally get married of what the sexual relationship should be right. a lot of people yep. struggle in marriage because they've had a partner before they're married and that's their expectation or that is their idea some have had multiple partners and and when they are actually in sex with their wife or their husband home, it it perverts or twists or changes that, and God didn't intend it, and and because He did not intend for premarital sex. Right. And you say everybody does it. I know everybody does it, but why do we have so many problems today in society? And right. Yeah. Split up and divorce because it affects marriage. Mm-hmm. It affects marriage. Um, other things are, um, you know, society has twisted an understanding of marriage. And somebody's not going to like this out there, but I'm going to just say this. But homosexuality is not about love. Amen. That's right. Homosexuality is about lust. That's right. Yeah. Because it, it actually is twisting. You say, well, I love that person. Yeah, but there is a lust involved, and, and don't deny that, Amen. because there is a lust involved in that. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so God has created, God has created marriage, to be the proper and honorable way, to have life, uh, to love and to have uh, physical sex and relationships that is not encumbered with guilt or sin, right. um, and it's a special thing. Um, now, in a marriage, there's a lot of difficulties. If a husband and wife aren't getting along or they're not submissive to God or submissive to each other, sometimes um, one will um, withhold that sexual relationship from the other mate because of a million reasons. They're mad at him or they, they had anger, they had a fight or whatever. Well, can I tell you what? If two people will get together, uh, a husband and wife, 
and be right with each other mm -hmm. and make it right instead of withholding that sexual relation from the other. That is the way to destroy your home and your marriage. So keep good relationships with each other. Right. And the best way to do that is two people who are walking with God and yes. love God and are serving God. And because that enables you to open your heart up better to the needs of the other person. Mm -hmm. Amen. Selfishness is destroying our homes and our families. It is. It's twisting the sexual relationship of what God has intended it to be honorably. And the world has stepped in and given you this false understanding that doesn't bring joy. It doesn't really bring right. true happiness. It is lust. And, and there is a, a trouble with it. So let me just say in a nutshell, when two people are serving the Lord and there is a, a, uh, a love for each other and there is a love for God, serving God truly and unselfishly in your heart, that's the best form of relationship. That's the best form of sexual desires fulfilled in your life is when two people love the Lord, they love each other, and they're submissive to each other. Amen. That is the pinnacle of true joy in the sexual relationship. The devil's twisted it. The devil's perverted it. Um, people today, the flesh will tell you, do it a different way. But I'll tell you what, you will never find the real joy of the true marriage relationship unless it's within God's confines. Right. Yeah. Amen. And it's not restricted. It's, um, it's free to God's uh, people in a wonderful, loving way. Marriage is undefiled. Uh, the marriage is honorable, all, honorable in all, and that bed undefiled. So I say to you, the marriage relationship is the key to a great life where the sexual desires are honorably fulfilled. In life. Yep. So I have uh, a story, guy that I know, always asking questions of self-proclaimed Satanists, came to me and said, if God did not exist, would you, and he was talking about me having relationships with women, or even paying for it, Right. Mm -hmm. and he said, would you do stuff like that? And I told him, no. I said, because there's no replacement for a true love yeah. relationship. Me and my wife, right. I want to give a testimony of this, because it's a rare thing. Me and my wife both went to the altar pure. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, and I, I want to give a testimony to that. There's a lot of people that can't say that. There's other men here tonight that can say that same exact thing. And I'm thankful that I did. And as a result, Satan has less of a grab, less of something to right. distract me. Right. So you might say, well, I can't say that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yes, maybe not, but you can stop now. Yes, right. right. You can make right. things right with the Lord, mm -hmm. and you can completely abstain from that until you get married mm -hmm. in the eyes of God. God is still there for you. He has not cast you off. Right. and desires that you would make your life right. Yeah. Also want to share another story. A Walmart story. 
So I was walking up to Walmart one day, and Satan put this lady in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you watch the Walmart videos and some people. And she was wearing something way too small. Don't want to get too descriptive here. <laughs> yeah. And so immediately my eye caught this woman. Mm-hmm. Timothy, he was, he was told to flee useful lust. I had somewhere I was going in that store, and she went that direction. I went the long way. I turned away. I went a different direction. I don't want to put that before my eyes. I don't want to sin in that way. So I went along doing my things in Walmart. And lo and behold, this woman gets back in my view again. But I noticed something about her. She was wearing something really, really short, and she was tugging on the bottom. Yep. She was trying to make sure that her skirt didn't come up too high mm-hmm. because she knew. I want to bring another person to this conversation. And she's talked about in Proverbs. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman. We've kind of left the women out of this, but women have a part too. Yes, yes, right. they do. They draw attention, and, and, and women, you know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And there are godly women that I know of. You know what I really like doing? Going somewhere, a store, wherever, and you see this woman that is just modestly dressed. Right. Everything's covered. Nothing's tight has a long skirt on. And you know what I think when I see a woman like that? I think, wow, what church does she go to? Right, right, absolutely. I'm thinking she has a relationship. A woman like that has something that I don't. Somebody can look at her in a room and say something's different. Mm -hmm. And she can say there is something different. I serve my Lord. Yes. I don't have that. Women have an opportunity to do that. But Proverbs talks about this woman to keep thee from the evil woman from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman lust not after her beauty in thine heart neither let her take thee with her eyelids for by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread he'll give away everything he got and the adulteress will hunt for precious life they seek after Satan guides them to do that can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? You're not going to play around with that sin and not have consequences. That's right. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Right. You're going to get burnt if you play with fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, it would be better to play with fire than to deal with that type of sin. Yeah. She, so he that goeth into his neighbor's wife... Uh, uh, and and I, I don't have the rest of that verse written, but but women, the, the, let's keep ourselves in check. Yeah. Uh, be accountable to some to a man that will tell you the truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and learn how to how to dress in a way that doesn't attract that attention. Now, men, just because this woman is dressed in whatever way does not give you the right, Sorry. the ability to do anything in your mind. Right. It does not give you the physical ability to do anything. You cannot touch her. 
go way off the rails and get into rape and all kinds of stuff. You do not have permission. No matter what this woman does, however you see her, you do not have any right to do anything to her even in your mind. Yeah, right. Yeah, and men, men are, uh, you know, this is even proven, and you know, you don't have to be a Christian to know this, but men are affected by sight, and uh-huh. women are affected by, you know, touch and feeling and that, and so you know, we the the devil knows that if you're a man, he's going to throw that in front of you, because that's how you're mostly affected by seeing things. So we've got to put uh, even us as men. I can relate to men because I'm a man, <laughs> but we can we as men need to put up guards yeah. so that that doesn't happen. Um, I, I uh, there was a, a preacher preaching in uh, chapel at Hiles where I went to college, and uh, he has this sermon entitled uh, "Avoid What You Cannot Resist." Mm-hmm. And just like Brother Brandon, you know, in that story of that lady, you know, he he you know he just avoided it. Altogether, went down a different aisle, took the long route, took the long way, set up, set up that guard, so that he's not in that spot where something can happen, or you know, or he thinks something in his mind that's wrong. And, and I think that's so great as Christians to put up those guards, so that you don't have that. You know, me in my life, I I'm not alone. Uh, me and a me and uh, a woman are not alone in, in a room together. Right. I'm just not. I'm yeah. just not going to do it. If if I'm sitting there, I'll walk out. Yeah. I'll say, hey, can we talk outside? Can we come over here where people are at? Because I don't want people thinking yeah, sure. wrongly about me, or you know. And same thing goes for all the men. You know, if you love your wife truly, you you would want to do that for her uh-huh. to keep you accountable and to, you know, let her have that trust in you. If I same thing if I uh, text another lady, you know, that's not in my family or not my sister or. My wife, I tell my wife, hey, this lady texted me about this. I just want to show you the text, and I'll give her my phone and show her. Right. And people today would call that crazy. Yep. You know, people would yep. be like, what in the world? You, you're, you know, that's just weird. And, and they, they, they say it's crazy, too, to not, you know, have uh, premarital sex. You know, they'd call that crazy. You know, they say, well, everyone's doing it. Well, if everyone were jumping off a cliff, would you do it? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's crazy how they base their... There's stuff on what someone else would do. Right. He, he did it, so I'm going to do it. No, that's, you know, I don't, I don't base my life off of what someone else does. I base, I base my life off the truth of the Bible and what mm-hmm. the Bible says because right. it's proven to be true. But I truly believe that uh, we as men, and even as Brother Brandon was saying, is that uh, women can take part in this too. You know, when, when, when a woman... They know that men are affected by sight. And when a woman, you know, wears a short skirt, you know, she she knows. And she goes out in public. She knows that there's going to be men looking at her. She, she knows that that's going to happen. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not giving a, uh, an excuse for a man to sin, to look at that. Right. But it's like, it's, it's almost, and, I, and I give this analogy, it's like if you're a lady, it's like, Living at, being at home alone, and you're going to lock your door, open it up, unlock your windows, open up all your windows. You're going to uh, uh, have no weapons inside to protect you. And you're going to have a sign outside that's set up that says, come take whatever you want. And then when a robber comes in and takes whatever you want, you whine and complain and gripe and say, oh, he took this. Well, 
the cops are going to say, well, why did you leave your door open? Mm-hmm. Why did you, why did you uh, <laughs> leave your windows open? Why did you tell me to come in and take it? Well, I didn't know. No, you knew. That's right. You knew. You mm-hmm. know what you're doing. And I'm not saying it's 100% the woman's fault. I'm not saying that at all, and I'm not excusing a man for not... Right. Right. Not, I'm not excusing a man for his sin. That is wrong no matter what you say right. about it, either way. But I will say to the ladies out there is, you know, help us out. Mm-hmm. Help us men out. You know, like my wife wears skirts below the knee. That's just a standard that she wants, and that's a standard that I want, and that's a standard we base off the Bible. And it's proven to be true. And many, and the same with the rest of the men in this, this, this uh, podcast here. And you, and even the world calls that crazy. You know, right. like... <laughs> my wife wearing uh, skirts below the knee. And they say, "Oh, that's that's weird." You know, my wife wears whatever. Well, <laughs> I don't want my wife going to the store and some other man lusting after my wife. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's my wife who I love, and and same thing with my daughter when she grows up. You know, I don't want some uh, weird punk teenager to lust after her and then have wicked thoughts, and then maybe they he does something that he's not supposed to. So that's a guard, and and I'll say this. Even if women in the whole wide world, every single woman were to dress modestly, every single woman were to uh, go to church and, and live right and, and, and base these things off the Bible, that there would still be men who would lust. That's right. Yeah. They would still lust. They would still find a way to rape. They would still find a way to do all these things. But I will say this, is that the rape and the homosexuality and all that stuff would absolutely plummet. The mm-hmm. percentage levels would plummet. If we had some ladies who would say, I'm not going to sell out my body to the devil or to another man and say, I'm not going to do that. And those levels would definitely plummet. I guarantee it. But, um, you know, it's just something that's happened in our world today. I appreciate yeah. Brother Brandon's illustration there. You know, we're always facing something like that where the devil brings something into our line of sight, right? Whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And but, but when we talk about the world that we live in today, we live in a world where the world would actually come over and treat Brother Brandon here as being weak yeah. for having taken that other route. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Because he should be able to, yeah. you know, and, but the real strength though, isn't it? It's the real strength that knows the weakness knows where the line is and decides, no, I'm going to remove myself mm-hmm. from that situation. Uh, I don't know what this world would tell Joseph nowadays, right? Joseph, yes. You know, Joseph yeah. is a great example in the Bible. That's good. Yep. And what did he do? He ran away. He fleed youthful <laughs> lust. And was that weak? I don't, I don't preach about no. Joseph as being a weak person. That, that's no. a strong man. Uh, and so, even now, our world uh, treats a man as, you know, calls something weak that really is strong and calls something as strong that, that, that really is a weakness. And, and they're so backwards on that. So I appreciate that illustration because that, uh, we do live in a world that, that comes down hard on the man who actually admits to himself that, you know what, that's not something I can have victory over in and of myself I need to be away from that I need to turn from that and um, 
So that's 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 an important thing to understand is that that's not a weakness, man. Yeah. That's a, it's a strength to be that's able right. to walk away or run away or turn away yeah. uh, from those kind of things and stop uh, our thoughts right there in the tracks. And you can yeah. you can compare Joseph's life to Samson. Mm-hmm. Right. What happened to Samson? The strongest man in the world, the strongest guy. Right. I mean, this dude could yeah. <laughs> do whatever he want, lift a car. Do you know? He's the strongest guy, but he fell. He fell to what? Right. A woman. Yep. And at the end of his life, it was. The, they took his eyes and plucked him out. And he died. He gave him, you know, he, they tied his hands to pillars. And, you know, the, you, you could look at a guy like that and say, how could he fall? How big and mighty and strong he is? Well, it's because he wasn't like Joseph. Right. But Joseph said, nope, I'm out. I'm gone. And Joseph did have trials. He did. Joseph did have a problem. He went to prison for doing right. But at the end of the story, it wasn't. Joseph being tied to two pillars about to die. Right. It was Joseph who was second in command of the whole Egypt, who was Absolutely. over the whole wide world basically at that point, was the greatest superpower of the world at that time. And, and God blesses you as a man if you get out of those situations. Right. The world will curse you and condemn you, but God will surely 100% bless you. Amen. Another thing too is think about it what do you really want Mm -hmm. do you really want the person that has been around the whole town Mm. or would you rather marry your high school sweetheart yeah and live happily ever after you may say you're enjoying that type of life but you would much rather have a man Mm -hmm. that will love and support you and work hard to provide for you mm-hmm. or a woman that will mother your child yes. your only child children and take care of you and and do those things all the, the the wifely things and the husbandly things you know that you would rather have those things and you those people that are in the situations where they've been around i guarantee you they would give it up if they yeah. could live that honest and just a uh, structured, peaceful life. Amen. I think one thing that's been talked about <clears throat> most tonight, or that's been brought up most tonight, is accountability. And having the accountability, um, as all of you have talked about tonight, you know, the, the lust that is right there at our eyes, right in front of us. You almost have to put blinders on anytime you go anywhere. And I love my wife for doing this. Anytime we're out at the store or in a restaurant or we're driving, she tells me, don't look that way. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to look that way. That's good. And like we've, we've ta- y'all have talked about tonight, you know, I want my love and my affection and my sight just to stay on my wife. Yes, right. Yeah. Everybody has a phone nowadays. Mm-hmm. Kids, teenagers, 13, 12-year-olds, everybody has a phone. Everybody has access to the Internet. And if you're struggling tonight with looking at things on your phone that you know you shouldn't. You're struggling with things that you're looking at on your computer, your tablet. Get somebody that will hold you accountable. Get rid, as Brother Titus said, get rid of the phone. Well, I can't do that. Sure you can. Go back to an old phone. Just, uh, Just text and call. You don't need internet access. If you need something, go to somebody that's holding you accountable. Hey, I need to look this up. Can you help me? So simple as 
if I'm struggling myself with a lustful temptation, I know I can go to my pastor mm -hmm. or I can go to any one of these men sitting at the table to hold me accountable. And that's what I would want. Right. I would want these men here to, to hold me accountable. And you say, I, I just can't do that. Your pride, don't, don't let your pride stop you. Don't let your pride de destroy right. you right. and ruin your life. Stop what you're doing now. You can stop tonight. It's that, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. How, go through your phone. Call somebody up, someone that you trust. Hey, I'm struggling. Can you hold me accountable? There's also an app for that, too. Oh, yeah. There, there is. Down, download an app, and you can have somebody put their own password in it. Right. And there's even apps that you can send. Your phone will send a report to another person, yep. and that report will show them what you've been doing. Oh, I don't want them knowing what I'm doing. Well, why not? Yeah. Right. That's, right. Yeah. Covenant, Covenant eyes. Covenant eyes. There we go. Mm -hmm. There's an app for it. Yep. Yeah. One thought I had in Scripture, there's a verse in Colossians 3 and verse 5, and it uses the word fornication. Now, fornication is a general term for any kind of sexual sin mm -hmm. um, in Scripture. So this could be premarital sex, it could be adultery, it could be uh, homosexuality, anything, okay? So here's what Scripture says about that. Mortify, verse 5, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, un, uh, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm -hmm. Scripture is saying that these things are equal to idolatry. Fornication, Scripture says, is equal to idolatry. Well, how is that? And here's why it is like idolatry. It is because we really are worshiping our own thoughts and we're worshiping our own desires and we're worshiping the flesh mm -hmm. instead of being a Christian who has yielded our flesh to God. And when we are at that point where fornication enters our life and our heart, it is idolatry. It is like we're serving someone, something other than God. Right. right. And, and so we have to get a hold of, of an understanding that God is worthy of all our heart. God is worthy of all our time. God is worthy of all of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And even Scripture teaches, Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, thy soul, mind mm -hmm. and thy strength right. and so can I encourage you whoever you are tonight um, let's let's let our minds work and be godly minds let us let our minds not be idolatrous in our own desires right let's let them be Christ serving Amen. you know Christ worship is not just going to church on Sunday singing songs Worshiping Christ is how we live our life. It's how we serve him in our mind and in our life. Amen. It, right. is, it is a willingness to yield to him in all because he's worthy of, of all. He's worthy that we give him every part uh, that we have. So um, we don't want to be idolatrous Christians. Right. Amen. <laughs> right. We want to be the type of Christians that love the Lord with all our heart and 
we'll see God's blessings in our life because we're truly honoring and worshiping him Amen. Amen. in our life. You know, I, uh, one of my fears about a podcast is that we turn this into a confessional booth almost, you know, <laughs> right. things just, you know, and we don't want to do that, but I do want to, uh, uh, give a part of my testimony in that, uh, I was, uh, married and had two kids, uh, and, and away from God and out of church and, um, in bondage, uh, to a lot of these things we've talked about tonight, uh, for, a year and a half and I can tell you uh, I was saved as a six-year-old boy and nobody's immune from uh, to this yes that's right um, and it will take you and it will destroy your life and I can tell you right now that you can uh, Christian if you're saved and you're dealing with this uh, you can you can read your Bible in the morning you can pray before every meal you can do all kinds of things, but if, if you're not a part of a local church and you're not mm. serving God with your life, you will not have victory over this. Amen. You will not get victory uh, over any sin good. Uh, apart from a true uh, service to God, uh, being a part of his local church. And, uh, and so mm-hmm. let me tell you that, that, that no matter what you're in, involved in, God is not done with you. Amen. He'll take you back. Right. Amen. The Bible says in Ezekiel, he'll take that cold heart, mm-hmm. a stony heart, he'll take it away. He'll give you a soft heart of flesh again, and he'll take you right back in. Find a local church to be a part of. That's where the accountability is. That's Amen. where the service of God, that's where the joy is. And and so take one more, one more stab at getting victory over this. Mm-hmm. Let God help you. Amen. Can I tell you, uh, folks, if you're listening tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you've never trusted him, you will not have victory over, over sin outside of Jesus Christ living within you. You have no access to the Holy Spirit. Um, and so let me encourage you just to understand, you, you're listening to this tonight. I know the Holy Spirit's talking to some and, and, and convicting many. And all you have to do is understand that, look, number one, you're a sinner. And that our sin is so destructive. Our sin causes so many things uh, in our relationships here. But ultimately, just as Joseph says, we referred to later, how could he do this sin against God? Our sin is against God. And we have to answer to him for that sin. And he says the penalty for that sin is death and hell. But Jesus Christ, knowing every sin that we would ever commit, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what Romans 5, 8 says. Look it up. He said he already knew you were a sinner. He said he already knew every sin you'd commit, but he still died for you to pay for all those sins. The Bible says he took all the sins of the whole world upon himself. And because of that, he can offer us the free gift of eternal life. And so I, I beg of you tonight to just consider that. And it's not a weakness to lean on Jesus Christ and to trust him. That's a strength. Yes. 
that's a strength to say, you know what, I need Christ. I need his forgiveness. I need his strength. And it'll save your family. It'll save your kids. And it'll make you something pleasing within God's sight. And you'll never experience fulfillment and joy like that in your life. Would you trust Christ as your Savior? Let's pray. Oh, my Lord and Savior, we do thank you so much for loving us, for being so good and kind to us. We thank you for creating us perfect. Yes. And we're sorry that we, we fell as in sin. And as a result of sin, Lord, we deserve your wrath and your judgment. Lord, I ask you just help if there's anybody out there tonight that, that needs most of all your salvation, that you would convict them. Lord, convict them so much, Lord, that they can't, they can't but trust in you and that they would get that settled tonight. Lord, I know that there's other people that are struggling. Maybe it wasn't a sin that we talked about tonight, but you're struggling with sin. And oh, sometimes sin can be so hard to get the victory over. And some people that are listening are like, I just, I want to get over it, but I can't. Well, Christ gives the victory. Amen. He will give the victory. You just have to completely give yourself to him. Repent of your sin mm -hmm. and completely let God take control. Because we can have the victory. Many yep. people have already done it. And there's many people that can abstain from a sin like what we've talked about tonight. Amen. So, Lord, help us, Lord. The whole goal of this podcast is that we would draw closer to you please fill us with your spirit teach us of your ways and help us to love you more in jesus name amen. amen thank you for listening to our podcast today we hope this was an encouragement to you follow and like our podcast to stay tuned for our next episodes